Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome to your program Madrasa on E Developing Islam in Me Today marks Tuesday the 21st of March coinciding with 21st of Jamadul Thani 1438 also known as Human Rights Day so happy Human Rights Day to you probably have a very relaxed day so far so now you can sit closer to the radio and get your pens and papers handy because we are now going to be continuing with our program Madrasa on E we are in our first segment being knowing my lord and that is of course going to be with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams I'm going to be your host Yasmina Peterson up until 4 o'clock with you inshallah and just yesterday Sheikh ended off with Nabi Lut alayhi salam and his people and today Sheikh is going to be continuing on Nabi Yunus alayhi salam and Nabi Ayyub alayhi salam we'll see how far we get but Sheikh assalamu alaykum to you and how are you doing Shukran wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah, doing fine, and Yasmina. And yourself, how are you doing? I'm Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Just a gentle reminder that the excursion is going to be taking place on the 26th of March. Should do gather your forms in terms of filling that in, as well as you know bringing a friend along, even family members along. If you do not have those facilities like a computer or even a smartphone, then you can come to our station and you can come pick up your form and she will be giving you much detail to that a little bit later as we progress with the show but for now i'm handing over to sheikh to continue on the program inshallah we are in our first segment knowing my lord and do know that you can send through your questions to our whatsapp number as well as our sms number sheikh bismillah shukran jazakallah khair barakallah fikum thanks very very much yasmina um uh, initially we had the the first segment knowing my lord and what to ask the people let us just start the the uh, message uh, message inshallah today with a, a general dua if you don't mind a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem bismillahir rahmanir rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin wal jannatu lil muwahhidin wa la udwana illa ala zalimin wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursalin sayyidina wa mawlana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in rabbana taqabbal minna innaka antas sami'ul alim wa tub alayna innaka antat tawwabur rahim allahumma innaka afuun karimun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna allahumma inna nas'aluka ridaka wal jannah ونعوذ بك من سخطك والنار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراسدين رب جعلني مقيم الصلاة ومن ذريتي ربنا وتقبلت ربنا اغفر لي ولوالدي وللمؤمنين يوم يقوم الحساب ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذاب النار ودخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحاب وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله thanks and praise due to Allah and as as Antiasmina has mentioned inshallah we managed to have ended off last yesterday with Nabi Lut where we looked upon the processes where we said 
the objective of the issue of Nabi Lut is the fact that his people went through the challenges with him. It was difficult for him. Most probably I did not say this in our lesson like yesterday. But it so happened that even the wife of Nabi Lut agreed with the people and was not prepared to take his message. And unfortunately Allah has taken, made her one of those whom Allah is going to punish her al Qiyamah. Now one of the lessons with that we need to see in that is that it is imperative that every woman, every woman realize who they are. There's been good women on this earth, a very, very good woman. The caliber of Sayyidatina Maryam, the caliber of Sayyidatina Sarah, the caliber of Sayyidatina uh, um, Asia. These are great women, Sayyidatina Fatima. Sayyidina Khadija, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha. These are giants amongst the females, right? But I want to say to the woman, and I'm speaking to all women, you can choose to want to be of those, or in your character you choose to be the opposite of those. You choose to be the opposite of those, right? Um, if we look at, at, at a woman such as Sayyidina As Asia, she had a terrible tyrant husband. And yet, she was prepared to obey Allah and did everything to adhere to his message even though she stayed in the palace. She had all the luxuries, but prepare with all those luxuries to set that aside for her submission to her Lord Allah. And Allah promises her a better palace in Jannah. Subhanak la wa illa billah. So let us not be impressed with the world, with the wealth. I want money. I want greed. This is not what Allah has created women for. You have a responsibility, mommy. Sister, you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to nurture, to develop and to grow the younger generation. Not to want, not to greed, not to have, not to be greedy. Those are the women that is enticed with shaitan. Shaitan is deep in their blood, in their veins, and they, they, they greed is on the world. Now, the Billah, your duty of your husband is not to bring you money and money and money and money. He needs to support you. But you need to be a responsible, decent, respectable lady in your character in your submission to Allah in the path of the tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and especially with his wife the wife of Sayyidina Lut she indicated very clearly that she was not prepared to take the advice of a prophet as a husband many women is like that their husbands ain't prophets the husbands simply want to be obedient to Allah simply want to submit to Allah's cause and they are not prepared to take it when their husband instruct them as to the command of Allah and his Rasul. Ladies, no disrespect, I am a mother. I have many sisters, I have daughters, so I am not, I have a wife, I have many aunts, I had a grandmother, I know what woman is. And I'm not saying this to insult. I wish for you the very, very best. Like I've said, and wallahi, atallahi, billah, I love all of you. Each one of you I love for the sake of Allah. And because of that intensive love, I say what I've just said now. But this is the very reason why Allah has revealed to us 
as to what has happened. And so the, the issue of Nabi, Nabi Lut, we ended it off by having to say to us, we are not here to pinpoint fingers to others, to judge other people. We're here to realize it probably, probably can happen to you and me. We can be tested by Allah in the same way. May Allah protect all of us, but grant us the insight and the realization that we have responsibility to look after the development of our community. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Your program address on a developing Islam in me. We are by our first segment being Knowing My Lord. And here, Sheikh is speaking about Nabi Yunus, alayhi salam, as well as seeing how far we get with Nabi Ayyub, alayhi salam. To know that you can send through your questions through our WhatsApp and our SMS line as well. Now, I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stops. Sheikh, bismillah. Shukran, jazakallah khair khadar, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, we were but just the ending of the issue and I just wanted to need to, to show the, the end of Nabi Lut, reminding ourselves it's all about a responsibility that all of us need to carry as a community. In Islam, it's all about, not about me and my children and my house. No, it's me and my ummah. Me and my ummah. I belong to the ummah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So I have a concern for the whole ummah. It's me and my ummah, not me and my family. That is a narrow perception. The work of shaitan who wants us to go into that, where we break down and we think nothing of everybody else. Whereas where I believe I'm a Muslim of the ummah of Islam, of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa it is all about me as a Muslim and my ummah, the ummah of Islam. So I need to have a general concern, a general worry. A general care, love, and compassion for everybody. May Allah grant that to really happen to all of us. That we see and look at it from that angle. And that we recognize we must be there to remind and to support and to show care and guidance to everybody else. Yes, where we came from yesteryear, where our parents was given guidance, and you and I was reminded of the fact that your children, other people's children is your children, and your children belong to the rest of the world. Your children belong to the rest of the Muslim Ummah. They have a right to say, a right to talk, a right to be able to share concern, and you must be ready to listen to them and execute their concerns on your children if you want your children to walk the path of Islam. May Allah open the path of all of us, right? And grant us insight and understanding and recognition for really where are we within the true deen of Islam. May Allah pardon us for our shortcomings. We're not here to be able to think of negativities of others. We're not thinking ill or bad of other people. We love everybody. We have a deep concern for everybody. The purpose for Madrasa on air is to allow us to recognize that really where are we truly? Are we on the level as what Allah and His Rasul expects us to be? Or are we not there? We need to be honest with nobody else, with ourselves. And only when we are truly honest, Allah would grant us insight, understanding, and means to be able to return back to Allah so that we can walk the path. May Allah grant us to be of those. Ameen. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Um, 
with that brought us to the end of the issue of Nabilut, we're looking now at Nabi Yunus. Now, in the issue of Nabi Yunus, we need to understand Allah Ta'ala have allowed Nabi Yunus to be a Nabi whom Allah has given the responsibility to go to a people and invite them to the path of Allah Ta'ala. When Nabi Yunus interacted with his people, he found these people to be very arrogant, adamant, doing things their way. They were happy with what they did and how they live. They were not prepared to take the advice of a Nabi to guide them to the path of Allah. And because they were not prepared to submit to Allah's cause and not to recognize themselves nowhere near the path, they gave Nabi, Lut, Nabi Yunus a very uncomfortable meeting and handling. And Nabi Yunus saw how these people rebelled and opposed him and rejected him. And when he saw this carrying on and on and he did his message inviting them, reminding them, guiding them, showing them, advising them to the best of his ability, he found that they were not prepared and then he started to say things to them. And what he said to them, if this is the way you're going on and if this is what you're doing, I've been sent to, re to remind you, but you don't want reminders. You prefer doing what you've done all the time. You don't want to repent to Allah. You don't want to give up what you did and the way you live your life. You carry on with those things and you're not prepared to want to be slaves of Allah uprightly and having to submit you to the cause of Allah in the pattern of me, your Nabi sallallahu alayhi you're not prepared to do that unfortunately Allah to the curses is going to come upon you and Allah Ta'ala is going to punish you severely that is what Nabi Yunus said to his people and Nabi Yunus said that for a few times to his people and he saw that they were very reluctant to be able to respond he did, did that hoping that they would come to their senses and realize they did not realize they show adamance, they show arrogance. They knew, everybody knew that they did not have any knowledge. They think that what they know, that is the knowledge of truth. And actually that is the knowledge of darkness, of shaitan, of corruption and destruction. But they saw that as true light. And very much the type of life that we're living in today. Type of things that's happening in our world today, where people so supposed to uh, so engrossed with their world and their narrow perception of what this world is all about, because their perception of the world is what this, the sciences are saying, and what this are saying, and what that is saying, and what the universities are saying, or doctors and professors are saying. Those people can say many things, many, many, many things. Those people can say, and those many things can be somewhat truth sometimes truth and most of the times ignorance to the depth now if they had truth and insight they would have guided us to the path of Allah they would have guided themselves and you and me they would have guided us to the path of Allah they would have shown us that Allah is the creator of everything they would have shown us the need for being to worship Allah to adhere to the calling of Allah to follow the instructions of the Nabi of the time they would have done that and some of us very much that like the people of Nabi Yunus were not prepared to accept
Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. May Allah grant we to come to realize that our objective is to understand we're not here to blame others. We're not here to curse others. We're here to remind ourselves that each and every one of us need to look, where am I? Where do I fit in into the picture? If I had to live in the time of Nabi Lut now, what would have happened to me? If I had to live in the time of Nabi Yunus now, what would have happened to me? Subhanak. Because what I'm doing and the way I'm living. I'm living today not in the time of Nabi Lut, not in the time of Nabi Yunus, not in the time of all the other Ambiya. I'm fortunate to live in the time of the best of Ambiya. The best of Ambiya. With the best of messages. The Quran and the Sunnah Tariqah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I've been honored to live within that period. And I've been given the best message, the best support, and the best care and love for you and me, this Ummah. That Allah Ta'ala wants to take us, if you and I can recognize and admit to nobody else, only to ourselves. And we take ourselves in front of Allah, we admit to Allah who we are. And we beg and we plea of Allah for pardon in recognition of our faults. A pardon that is not istighfar only, but a pardon that is tawbah, where we never ever return back to those wrongful things that we've done, simply to serve Allah and be obedient. But Nabi Yunus saw this happening with these people, and Nabi Yunus then felt that these people, that the, the curses of Allah is going to come to them, and he left them. Nabi Yunus left, left and went a distance away from them because he expected the adab of Allah to come on them. But when he left and granted himself to be able to walk out, he walked a very far distance away from the people until he got to a shore. When he got to the shore, he saw that there was um, ships at the shore taking the people away from the shore to the other side of the world. When Nabi Yunus says he went to the, to the ship and uh, uh, found out and he decided he's going to go onto the ship to be able to travel. But he interacted with the people on the ship to see what was happening. And they saw him and they, when they saw this man and the caliber, the quality, the iman, the taqwa, his behavior, his mannerism, all of that impressed all of them. They were, they were really impressed by his processes. But what happened is... Nabi Yunus then went to perform salah and he begged to Allah, cried to Allah for the fact that he's been on his way. And then suddenly, as the ship was about to sail and just left the, the, the key where it was hooked and they left off in the sail, just started leaving, they found that around the ship there was turbulences in the water not ordinary turbulences, severe turbulences. When they look in the distance, when they look in onto the sea, they see how the, the sea is extremely rough, extremely rough, as, as we see turbulences, severe turbulences, very, very rough around the ship. But in the distance, if you look into the ocean, you see, wow, the ocean is absolutely calm. It's absolutely calm. It's, it's very, very calm. But immediately, a, 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 a circumference around the ship. There's extreme turbulences. 
to such an extent very very big waves coming up and onto the ship but shaking the ship to be able to not be stable onto the water now normal ships is very stable onto the water it's very very well balanced and processes and it travels onto the water but this ship found it very very uncomfortable and found it did not be able wasn't stable onto the water subhanak feeling that the possibility is that anybody or everybody could be harmed in the process Nabi Yunus then called the people on the ship together and he spoke to them and he told them that we must be able to seek Allah's pardon and forgiveness and all this. Nabi Yunus is himself. And then the captain said, there's very clear signs that somebody is doing wrong. Somebody is wrong in the ship. Did not fulfill his job or his duty. And because of that, somebody must be removed from the ship. When they said that, Nabi Yunus says, I am that person. I am that person. And I suppose you need to be able to take me out of the ship so that everybody else can say, I have a smooth sail thereafter. Subhanakallah. When Nabi Yunus said that, everybody said, No, 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 it can't be you. We've seen the type of person you are. We've seen your interaction and the way you've lived and the things that you're doing. It can't be you, Yunus. Nabi Yunus persisted and he said, they said to him, nay, the captain said, nay, we will draw lots and when we get somebody's name and that person we will see and we will have to put that person off. And it so happened, Allah granted, that when they pulled the lots, the name of Nabi Yunus came up. So Nabi Yunus had to be put onto the, onto the, the a plank to walk the plank to take go off the ship. Subhanak, Nabi Yunus said to them, I told you, and they said to him, no, unfortunately, we will have to do it another time. They did it a second time, and the Nabi Yunus' name came up a second time. <laughs> when Nabi Yunus' name came the second time, he said to them, I told you, just do it, let me be, because I'm the purpose and the reason, but the people couldn't understand. And then they said, we're going to do it another time, and Nabi Yunus stopped them and said to them, no. You're not going to do it another time unless and until you make an agreement now. If my name comes up after this, that you will throw me up and you're over, you will put me on to walk the plank and I have to get into the water. And, and that's it. Um, unfortunately, that is the, the way you need to go. But you are going to do that and you're not going to find another name and another name. You're going to do that. And the third time, they said they made an agreement with Nabi Yunus. If your name comes, comes up the third time, we will then proceed with that. But if somebody else's name come up, we will then proceed with that person. And subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah. When they did a third time, they pulled the lots. They found that the name of Nabi Yunus came on the third time. When the name of Nabi Yunus came on the, on the third time, nobody was very happy. Nobody was happy with it because they, they, they could see the type of person he was. The way this man was, his good character, his behavior, his mannerism, and the way he was always sharing goodness with everybody. But they allowed him to walk the plank because they've made the agreement with him until he fell into the water. Now the, what we need to understand is around the, around the ship, as we said, was extremely... Uh, um, extremely severe turbulences in the water rough waters, very rough but the distance you could see the calmness of the sea 
And when Nabi Yunus fell into the water, he fell down. Everything became calm. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Allah Ta'ala then tells us in the Holy Quran about the process of what happened to Nabi Yunus. That Nabi Yunus was then swallowed by a whale. He landed, he was swallowed by a big fish, or what we call a whale, and he entered into the belly of the whale. Now whether it was truly the belly of the whale or was it the front part of the whale, because the whale in actual fact has a very small throat. But if you enter into the, 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 the mouth of the whale, then there's the um, side where uh, um, water gets pushed out and only the food goes through to the inside of the body. Now, in that section of the whale, Nabi Yunus landed there. For some reason or another, it seemed that he was, he didn't realize where he was, right? At that moment when Allah allowed the Nabi Yunus to fall into the water, the whale was right there and swallowed him. But the whale didn't see him and swallowed him to want to eat him. He was just there at that moment to be swallowed. Subhanallah, hawla wa illa billah. And as he was swallowed, he found himself in a place which he did not know where he was. We said the turbulences was so bad in the water that if anything or anybody had to be thrown in the water, if you or if you were an expert swimmer under normal circumstances and you land in that water, you would not know at that moment when you land there what is up and what is down, what is your right and what is your left. You wouldn't have known anything that is the extent of the turbulences of that water and how it affected Nabi Yunus. So unfortunately, he did not realize what was happening and he was, the, the world swallowed him at that moment. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And we are in our second part of the program being I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me, Sheikh Bismillah. Shukran Jazakallah khair for that, Auntie Yasmina. We're in the second part of the program, I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? And in that section, we are busy with the salah, and we are still busy with the prerequisites for salah, those things that is required prior to the salah. We have managed to complete the istinja. We then entered into the wudu. We are busy with the wudu. Yesterday we dealt with the conditions for the correctness of wudu. And there were three conditions that we looked at yesterday there. And in those three conditions we mentioned the intention that we had and we gave us an expression of the intention. And then the mentioning of the name of Allah is as a condition, as a condition for the correctness of evolution. Because it's strongly recommended, there's a hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we should be saying the, the Basmalah at the beginning of the wudu. And then the third one is to be able to do the acts one after the other, not to have much of space in between. Right? Those acts, right? Those are the three conditions. Then we went into the obligatory components of the obligatory, and we went into the beginning and we went to the wash of the face. And at the wash of the face, we then went to be able to save the explanation of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam showed us what the face was. And we said the face was where the hair grows on top. Now, if your hair, hair grows on top, where the hair grows, and from there is the top of the, the, the face and under the chin is a big at the end of the, of the face and from the ear to the ear is the, the, the whole face in there. 
and we show that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is washing this, the face with that is concern. We're going to go later on into the processes of what we call the sunnah parts of the had or the wudu. And in doing the sunnah parts of the wudu, we show you the more details of all those things. We initiate the obligatory components, components, obligatory components. We said the first one is the washing of the face. And that part of that number two to uh, 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 the washing of the face is that includes the washing of the mouth, using cleaning the mouth and rinsing the nose. That is all part of the face, right? Which means the obligatory components. One is the washing of the face. Number two, the mouth, the mouth and the nose as being part of washing the face. Number two, three, washing the arms until the elbows. And we said washing the arms until the elbows, it means washing the hands from the beginning of the hand right up to the elbow. When they say washing the arms, it doesn't mean washing the arms up to the elbow. Nay, it means washing the hand, the arm, and the el- up to the elbow, right? So, washing the hands, right? Now, the washing the hands at the beginning, right at the beginning, it's not considered a, comp- a compulsory component. It's a sunnah tariqah to be able to do that. Whereas the washing of the hands, the arms, and the elbows, it is a component, it's for the necessity, belongs to the wudu. If any portion of that is not been washed, unfortunately then the hands is not. So you need to wash the hands and, rinse and see the washing of the hands, the elbow, the, the, uh, um, the hand until the, the um, uh, where you say the hand meet up with the arm right up to the elbow. All of that needs to be inside that washing of the hands, the arms and the elbows. That is point number three. In point number four, wiping all the head and we said that wiping the head was there our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indicated to us so he in his action washed his complete head he wet his hands uh, uh, shaked off the excess water and then the wet hand he dropped it on his head to the back to the front and then to the back right and that three movements that is considered then the washing of the head of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam some scholars says to us that the ears are considered part of the head and not considered part of the face while making the ablution. It's made that the ears is considered part of the head, so if you've done the washing of the head, finish and then you do your ear, right? The, and the, the ears is washing, wetting your, your, your point finger your, and, your, and your thumb, you're putting your, your point finger into your um, your index finger into your ears, onto the side, in, in, inside, inside it, to be able to see that the wetness gets into that area there, and the thumb does the uh, cleaning at the wetness from behind the ear. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us. That is until number five. So number four is wiping the head, as we've indicated, then doing the ears is number five. Number six would be as the, compo- the important parts of the body is washing both feet until the ankles, right? Wash- washing your feet until the ankle, the right one, and then the left one, right? That is comp- the Im- important components that there is. Now we've seen that all those components has been mentioned by Allah in the Holy Quran, right? And it's important that we need to be able to implement those things into... into. Now, the scholars says, the seventh point is the point of we're running the fingers through the beard.
So if you wash your face, you actually put your fingers into your beard and you wash, you, you put your fingers running through the beard whilst, the finger, whilst your hands was wet, right? You, you do that and that is part of the obligatory processes of the, uh, when you're doing the, the because the, the beard is part, considered part of the face and you, you need to be able to see that part, everything of the face has been covered. When it says, wash your faces. If the, be the beard is considered part of the face, so you need to be able to wash the beard as well. And then, and then the, consider the scholars consider that washing between the fingers and the toes was also considered now, when they say washing between the feet, as we can say, washing the hands until the elbows, the uh, hands, the arm and the elbow, part of that is to, be to, 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 to move your hands in between one another, meaning in between the, 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 the fingers, and similarly in between the toes of the person that is all considered because sallallahu alayhi wa sallam our beloved prophet, our beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said complete the ablution and allow water to run between the fingers and the toes and put water, put water well in the nose unless you are fasting right meaning um, the only thing that you don't do is you don't pull it up water now when you wash the face you need to pull up water into the nose, right? Pull up water into the, the, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam always recommended us that you must have a decent portion of water pulling it up into the nose and blowing it out, right? Except for when a person is fasting, right? Because, now because what happens when you pull water up into the nose, that effect that goes in there helps to be able to remove the muck out of the nose. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshallah. I think that is the end of the processes of what we want to say. What is the components that is obligatory that we need to see that is being done whilst we are performing the the the, the, the wudu? Now we will go to the recommended acts related to the evolution. The recommended acts means the sunnah acts, the acts that's recommended to do, not necessarily obligatory to do. Now here we need to understand. We must look at our wudu, how we are doing it, and is it the advice and guidance given to us by Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Really, Allah says to us, فَغْسِلُوا هُجُوهَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقُ وَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُسِكُمْ وَأَرْجَاكُمْ إِلَى الْكَعْبَيْنِ Those are the four portions Allah mentions in the Qur'an. But Allah have sent our Nabi and Allah says, whatever our Nabi does, Allah has instructed him. He is Allah's instructor. He is been sent by Allah to instruct you and me, to guide you and me, to guide your parents and mine, your children and mine, the whole Ummah to guide us unto the path of Islam. Without him, without his instruction to you and I will not be Muslim. We cannot be Muslim for the only way to enter into this deen is via him, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as he is sent from Allah. Like all the other prophets were sent by their people to their people, all the other prophets were sent to their people, our Prophet was sent to you and to me. To every one of you who listens, to every one of you, he was sent to you and to me. And he was sent to, to teach you, to guide you, to take you out of the facade, take you out of the, the path of, of Jahiliyyah, to enter you into the proud of Sirat al-Mustaqim and me. 
And I'm not saying you because I want to indicate to you, it's about you, but I want us to understand that all of us can only be Muslim if we, if our Nabi did something, we must go out of our way, break our back, see and ask ourselves, am I doing what Allah has what Allah has taught me via my Nabi. What Allah, what Allah, what Allah has taught me via our Nabi. Right? Our Nabi didn't teach us anything. Anything. He didn't teach us anything. There's not a thing that he ever taught us. Unless it is the instruction, advice, and the guidance from Allah. And you and I need to understand that. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't use any of his intellect. He didn't draw any conclusion. He didn't do any study to be able to say, no, because of this, that, and the other. So my advice, no, no, he did not. He had pure instruction so that everything comes from Allah. Every detail, every detail that he came with, was a detail that came from Allah. We need to understand that. In the wudu that you and I take, we need to ask ourselves, do we do the wudu given to us by what we want to do? Or are we doing the wudu as instructed and shown to us by Allah and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So when we now go to the what we call the other forms that there is in the wudu, we've done what we call the obligatory. We are now coming to the recommended things, which is called the sunnah acts. We can see how can we beautify our, our wudu. And how can we give quality to our hudu furthermore? Right? The first one of that is using the miswak. Abu Huraira narrated that the Prophet said, If we were not to be hard to be a hardship on my ummah, if it were not, Lawla an ashukka ala ummati la amartum bisiwak ma akulli wudu. If it was not a hardship on my nation or on my ummah, I would order them to use the miswak whenever they made the wudu. That's the first one. The second one, washing the hands three times at the beginning of the ablution of the wudu. When I wash my hands at the beginning, I wash it three times, right? Then thereafter, this is confirmed in the narration of Uthman, in which he was describing the wudu of the Prophet sallallahu wherein he washed his hands three times. We know that, right? Alhamdulillah. And then the, the third one is combining together the rinsing of the mouth and, and rinsing the nose three times each with one handful of water. When Sayyidina Uthman washed his face, he did the washing of the face finish. And uh, uh, before he washed the face, he did the washing of the, hand, the uh, mouth and the nose. And he did it with one scoop of water, the, uh, the mouth and the nose. Runs both at the same time. And just before I hand over to Sheikh to continue, here is a question that came through on our WhatsApp number. It says, "Assalam, can I use my right hand to wash my toes?" This is probably with regards to the hudu that Sheikh was speaking about. Yes, Shukran Jazakallah for that question, Tiasmina. And um, we want to say thank you to the, the questioner who asked the question because more, many a times many people say, "Masa, well, how must I do this?" You could use your right hand or your left hand to wash your toes, right? There's, there's not a specific process as long as you wash your toes. Now, the washing of toes of, of, of elderly people or people that's of, of age and, and that, it's not all that easy 
So you could be using your left hand or your right hand. Allah is not going to keep anything against you where that is concerned. Shukran, Shukran so much for answering that question. Shukran so much for everyone that participated. Sheikh, you can continue where you stopped last, inshallah. Bismillah. Yasmin, alhamdulillah. Just before the break, we were busy on the recommended sunnah acts related to the wudu. Right? So we said the first one was using the, the uh, miswak for cleaning the, the, the mouth. The second was, was washing your hands three times. The third one was try to combine between using one scoop of water or one handful of water for both the mouth and the nose and to do so three times, right? The fourth point as a sunnah is to rinse the, no the nose out extensively, as we said, very well, a deep pull in the, the water into the nose and to, to blow it out as far as, as fast as possible unless one is fasting. That is the fourth one is the sunnah processes now in this, the, the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said you should put water well up your nose unless you are fasting right that is the sunnah tariqah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the fifth one is starting with the right hand before the left side right meaning that because after you wash the, 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 your hands three times and you wash your face now you go to deal with the processes of the arms, right? And when you do that, to, to start with the right hand before you do the left one, and that is the sunnah tariqah. Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha reminds us that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi would like to begin with the right hand in putting on his shoes, combing his hair, acts of purification, and all in all his affairs. Furthermore, in the hadith of Uthman, in which he described the uh, wudu of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he mentioned that he washed the Nabi sallallahu alaihi washed the right side first and then the left side, right? So th that we see that is a sunnah then of the wudu. The sixth point, rubbing the forearm. Rubbing the forearm mean that you don't allow water just to go over the forearm. Um, and, and, and your hand, but you rub the forearm. You meaning you, as if you wash it. You 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 rub your the water against your arm, right? That that is part of the sunnah there. Abdullah ibn Zubair narrated that the Prophet sallallahu was brought two thirds of mud, mud, of water, and he started to rub his forearms, right? Um, when, when in, in, in in having to do the wudu. And the third, um, that's the sixth one. The seventh one is, is is washing each part three times, washing each each part three times. But here we understand that the washing of the head of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he wet his hands once and just wash it, but he moved it to the back, to the front, and then to the back, and that once of washing of the head, we consider three times, right? In the hadith of Uthman, he stated how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did the three times, as we saw. And that is where we verify the very act of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now we need to also understand that it is also recommended to sometimes wipe the head more than once. Um, because it, it says that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did that. 
that he had wiped the head three times or he said he did it once in the moving to the front to the back and to the uh, uh, to, to the back to the front and then to the back again right um and then we say we need to bear the next sunnah act which is the eighth one it is the sunnah act of doing the proper order that uh, the order that you follow meaning to wash your hands to rinse the mouth and the nose, to wash the face, to wash the right arm and then the left arm and then the head and then the ears and then the feet. Follow that pattern as the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would do. And that proper order is within doing the following tariqah of the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Nabi has done it that way. And then uh, the next ninth one of the Sunnah Tariqah of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the Sunnah Tariqah of the Sunnah things in the Wudu is the, to be able to make a Dua at the end which the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said he, The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says none of you should make Wudu or complete the, the Wudu and then he says Ashadu an la ilaha illallah وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدَ الرَّسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Except that if he says that, the Nabi says that eight gates of paradise will open for him and he enters from any one of that he wishes. Subhanak in a hadith of Tirmidhi. And then the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also taught us to be able to say اللَّهُمَّ جَأَنِّي مِنَ التَّوَّبِينَ وَجَأَنِّي مِنَ الْمُتَطَّحِرِينَ وَجَعَنِّي مِنْ عِبَادِكَ الصَّالِحِينَ اللَّهُمَّ جَعَنِّي مِنَ الْطَّهِرِينَ Oh Allah grant me of those people who always love to do righteous acts or to cleanse myself اللَّهُمَّ جَعَنِّي مِنَ التَّوَّبِينَ Grant me to be of those people who make tawbah, who repent and come back to you and grant me to be of those people who rectify and you purify myself and grant me of the righteous slaves right? may Allah grant all of us to be of those those are the sunnah things that our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and our Nabi says whoever says those words then not, uh, there is none worthy of worship except you, Allah. I seek your forgiveness for and repent to you. Allah, I seek your forgiveness. And I repent to, it, to you. It will be written for him on a white scroll and sealed with a seal that will not be broken until the day of resurrection subhanak if you actually say those words when you say when we make those to us ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadar rasulullah and then i say allah maj'alni min at-tawwabin wa ja'alna min al-mutatahhirin wa ja'alna min ahbadika as-salihin then allah will put that in a seal and close the seal and kept it for us to be kept yawm al-qiyamah how many times we've shown and Allah will then use that as a means to keep promise, uh, promise of positivity for us for our dunya and for our akhirah inshallah Amen. shukran so much for that Sheikh and we're going through to our final segment being leadership in Islam and its progression and now I hand over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped yesterday inshallah Sheikh Bismillah Alhamdulillah we, yesterday we ended off with the issue of 
having to speak on, on the topic of uh, um, leadership within Islam. We dealt, it, we dealt with the topic of communication and on that topic of communication we went into the area of advice giving and after advice we look at reminders. And that's where we ended yesterday in the uh, reminder section wanting to be able to let us understand that the need for us to be able to bring back advice and bring back advi ad reminders in our life as Muslims and it's such an imperative section that we cannot live without it. May Allah that we recognize how serious it is that we need to be able to work at the process. In today's subject we're dealing with the topic of verification of information. Now the issue of verification it's unfortunately one of those problems that we find happening within our community. When I speak about the problem I'm speaking of, we hear somebody say something and we're so very, very quick to be able to take that information from that person and pass it over to others. In the words of our Nabi Sallallahu and I mean in the words of Allah in the Holy Quran, I would want us to listen to Allah's words to understand the seriousness when you and I deal with information that we hear from anybody, even if it's your own son, even if it's from any person, let me just say, Allah Ta'ala is speaking to the Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah says to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, after the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam received information from somebody, now I need to be able to understand that somebody that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa received the information from is a Sahabi. It is a Sahabi. And we know that the Sahaba are of the best of people, the very, very best. There is not anybody, no Sheikh, no Mawlana, no Mufti, no Peer, no great scholar greater than those people whom Allah has selected to be that special people in the company of that great Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, they were people who were a part of the Jahiliyyah prayer previous but when Allah has instilled in their hearts the Iman and Taqwa they became the very very best better than anybody and everybody ever they are the very very best of Allah's creation after the Anbiya they are much better than whatever you and I can ever dream of or can ever think of they are the best because Allah has selected them and Allah hasn't selected you or me or your sheikh or your maulana or your peer or your mufti hasn't seen that they were because they were in the caliber of that great personalities neither you nor I none of us is the caliber of those personalities but listen this sahabi he got information and he related that information to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So when he related that information to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah Ta'ala sent a message to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam via Jibreel. Now remember everything that happened in the life of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was actually a means for you and I to see and look for ourselves not into that Sahabi not into the life of the Nabi but to into our lives where do I and you fit in and precisely where would we have been if this is the way Allah deals with the situation of others should we look at them to be able to see the faults within them 
Your and mine are million times greater. We have greater amount of sin and wrong and error and mistake and faults. So much greater. Allah don't want us to look at them and see their faults. Allah wants us to look into ourselves. Remember the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa If we see something of others, we need to look into ourselves because we need to see how do we act to the reality. But Allah has granted them to be on the stage for you and me so that you and I can see on the stage what is it that you and I should be doing in the, the world that we live in. On our stage, when we live in our stage, we look onto that stage, the stage of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, with the great personalities called the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and these actions that they lived by is the it is the blueprint for you and me to look into our lives to see that we improve the quality of our lives. So Allah says in the Holy Quran to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After the Sahabi informed the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so Allah says to the Nabi, to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Ida jaakum fasikum binaba in fatabayyano." If anybody, somebody comes to you, anybody comes to you, inform you about anything, "Ida jaakum fasik." Now Allah calls that person a fasik. A fasik is a sinner. Why does Allah do this? Because Allah wants us to understand that anybody can tell you anything you are not supposed to, and you wouldn't know the person. Anybody comes to you and says to you, your sister did something, or I saw your brother at some place, or I saw your dad here, or I saw your cousin somewhere. And then immediately you take that information and you say such and such a person has said such and such a thing. Allah says to the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Ida jaakum fasikum binaba." But any information, with any information to you, fatabayyanu. See that you can confirm that, that you affirm that, that you make sure that that information is the truth. Simply because you do not know the person. Now Allah called that person Sahabi fasik. Simply because Allah wants us to know that you don't know the caliber of that person and you would never know if that person was speaking the truth. The Sahabi was not a Fasik, but Allah has mentioned it because Allah wants us to understand. And as we, I say, I don't think that the person is not a Fasik because I want to change the ayat. I'm saying it because Allah simply wanted us to understand you and me. How you and me, we should be working at our hearts so that we become decent, respectable and people who, at when we listen to stories, we don't just take it over and give it over to anybody or just listen to stories and then immediately accept it. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa Allah wants us to understand. Every one of us, whenever we hear something, we're not quick to relate this to the world. We're quick to find out the truth and we verify the information we verify the information now the verification of that information is not to phone the police it's not to go to the Khalima or Abdullah or Tibiba of Ruwaidatu no if the person has if the person has informed you about somebody and that person is available you go direct to the person that and you find that before somebody says to me or to you Buddha Abdullah, it's it has a can ye can for Buddha Abdullah. Namus is the one say, 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 thank you, Abdullah, all the Hasirati. 
know secondly what we should be doing? We go go and ins- find Abdullah Abdullah himself, because Abdullah is available. Allah wants us to understand that we are not a people who take information from others. And when people, and you know the world that we're living in today, to be able to tell lies, to be able to give the cover the world with untruths, are so many, are so full. Before, but sorry for this. We have got the news medias that is available that covers the world with lies and lies and they don't even confirm, they don't even verify information. They they want it they want to give you juicy news first and foremost of your lekhutas fatial that anna means a sahala and khalala na which is not good for us to listen to. But unfortunately, you and me as Muslim, we hear this and net net day wordjihawa is the lie in the words of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Listen to him. Listen to our messenger. Listen to our teacher. Listen to the one who guides us to Islam. Listen to the one who wants to take us away from the the root of of jahiliyyah and of ignorance and to the path of Jahannam. Listen to that person who takes our hand, who wants to take us away from Jahannam, who wants to lead us unto the Sirat al Mustaqim to guide to Jannah. He says to us, "Kafa bil mar'i kathiban." Sufficient is it in the sight of Allah that a person is a liar. A lich is a liar, is lying. When he informs anybody of anything that he has heard and he has not verified it. Kafa bil mar'i kathiban. Kafa bil mar'i kathiban. Sufficient is it as a lie that somebody is telling when he has heard information and he did not verify that information. When he just tells it over to others of just what he has heard. In the other hadith, the Nabi sallallahu says, Kafa bil ithman. Sufficient is it as sin that this person is doing when he has heard information and he did not verify that information, but already he told the rest of the world. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. It is such an imperative factor that you and I, as part of communication in leadership, that we always verify. Every Muslim, you verify. And I want to repeat, verification is not ikfra policy. I deal with the way the information comes from via that person to who they claim that is. If they tell you that Ibrahim is Itzhudun, you go to Ibrahim and you speak to Ibrahim. You find that from Ibrahim. Now if you have the exposure to Ibrahim, and today all of us have the exposures, right? So please see that you go to the strangest form of verification that you do not tell anybody. Any, remember, Remember, it's your Nabi and mine, your teacher and mine, your role model and mine, the one who nurtures you, who guides you, who takes you from the fire of Jahannam, who guides you and me away from the Sirat, the sirat of, of, of Jahal and ignorance and stupidity and fun shaitan. It is that person who reminds us enough is it as sin, enough is it as lies in Allah's eyes. Yes, if you've listened to anything, anything, even if it's the truth, even if it's fully truth, complete truth, simply because you did not verify. 
unfortunately they need to be considered as lies Allah deals with in Surah An-Nur Allah tells us the story that happened to Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha and how the people when they heard the story that they took the information and they did not do any form of verification and they just carried the story on to such an extent that it affected a great amount of people and Allah proved it in the Quran and Allah says it was utter lies, it's not true but Allah then says to us if only those people went to find out the truth but those people were telling stories of other people they were speaking ill of Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu anha the wife of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam which Allah has given honor and dignity to they've spoken ill about her and other people just took to that message and they carried on telling that story and unfortunately Allah says if only they have verified it and if only they realize if they had to speak about it they must remember that they must be ready to be punished uh, in public for the fact that they have spoken over, speak, spoken ill about other people and insulted other people Subhanak. now you, you, you've said something about others which you haven't verified now it could, you could be right but how many times are you right how many times are you and I right ever right when we haven't verified 99.9999999999999% percent of the occasion you and I we are absolutely wrong we are absolutely wrong no 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 nothing else just wrong perfectly 100% wrong simply because we did not verify but how quick very very quick are we to say yes but yes but what yes but you are wrong and you are a liar in the eyes of Allah and you are a sinner in the eyes of Allah and you're taking yourself to the fire of Jahannam and Allah is saying be aware it wasn't a duty of yours to first find out and Allah says did you was it not your duty when you heard the news of others that you should think good of your uh, of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa family now if it is that you should think good of anybody as as a Muslim we should always think good of Muslims we first when we hear something and especially if it's negative we first say no that is not truth I don't believe that cannot happen it's, it's not possible even if it has happened we first deny simply because we need to look at it should not happen from a Muslim side but that is how others should treat you and me they should say no it can't, can't happen that me and you should have done that we wouldn't have done that and yes you and me should be thinking that of others as well so in the way our Nabi teaches us the process and Allah teaches us the process in communication that we are not quick to accept information we're not quick to tell others about anything that we've heard we verify and verification is a command of Allah to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and to you and to me at all times and that we always realize that whenever I want to open my mouth about anybody else at that moment in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam 99.99% I'm telling lies if I'm going to speak about anybody else and I did not verify 
May Allah open the path for all of us and realize the seriousness of the matter and how much harm do we do to ourselves, to ourselves and our own families when we are quick to be able to speak about the halakha valaf and other means to be sakhita. Forgetting if you and I do that about others, the law of nature is the world what goes around, what goes around, what goes around, comes around. Is it not? So if you are doing it so quick Remember the law of nature is The world must turn around So that it can happen to you and to your family Because you were careless Not thinking how you should protect the rest of the of people May Allah protect all of us inshallah And grant us the insight to be considerate of the way we deal with things Amen inshallah We are in our last segment being leadership in Islam and its progression And I'm going to allow Sheikh to continue inshallah Sheikh um, just before the break, Yasmina, we were busy on the topic of verification. And yes, I, I would like to just give a reminder to our communalists out there. This component of verification is a very, very serious matter. <coughs> tells us how we in our life are listening to things, things that has been shared with us. And how as Muslims should be, be absolute considerate of how do we pass over information. Um, we were busy on the issue of, of, of listening to things or listening to information then pass that information over. In the words of Allah and His Rasul showing us that we must not be very very quick to pass over information. We must first consider the information. Um, we must always always and almost all the time give a negative response if it's sad or bad or negative information like by saying no 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 it cannot be it's not true i don't believe it um uh, because remember when we are satanically in in charged when shaitan which shaitan is, is filled with our hearts and our minds and our blood then unfortunately when negative information come then we then it's juicy and luxury and we love it and and, and it, then, then we like the age remember we are deeply satanic that moment shaitan is deep 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 with us he's deep he's he's, he's so intense and so close he's, he's closer to our juggler closer than ourselves to ourselves is closer to ourselves and our souls to ourselves that is how close shaitan is when we have the juicy effect of loving and liking it to be able and we must be able to come away from that by having to make a lot of istighfar begging allah oh allah forgive me uh, uh, Allah, I am a sinner. I'm at fault. I my ears love to listen to faulty things. I love to read the 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 the, the, the um the sawn and the, the those things which is corruptive, destructive information, who brings about only faulty negativity, and I forget sometimes my family are living the very life of the sawn and the voice, right? But I like to speak about it. So who am I speaking of? I'm speaking of myself. So, but Islam, Allah doesn't want us to be goat for that. Don't go for juicy information. Don't just fall for it. And if you hear a Muslim name, first deny it. First say, nay, it can't be. And, and don't look at the negativities. Have good intentions and always make dua for others. But make istighfar ourselves that we do not live the type of life 
or we do not fall or we do not accept or ready to be able to take it or tell it over to anybody else it's such an imperative part of our life yes it is completely corruptive it corrupts us it corrupts and destroys us it's, it's devastation it breaks us down it breaks the ummah of islam down it actually negates makes negativity our lives nobody else only us so when you can understand that this is when we entertain shaitan we entertain the, the satanism we entertain the corruption we entertain it when we listen to when we read information when we hear it from others or when you pass it over to other people immediately it is an imperative aspect that you and i need to think of when we are quick to want to say hey, Jehovah. It is an insult to Islam. It's one of the filthiest things that you ever can say. That's why you know you are making fitna of the worst. That's why you say, I say, 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 this is what I'm doing. I am filthy. I am satanic. Shaitan dances in me. He's, he loves me. He is everything with me. He corrupts me and he destroys me simply because I love to say, those are the filthy words that is the very work of shaitan that is our, this is the way he makes us believe that his filth is sweet it's nice and so this has happened in the Quran in Surah Nur please go and check in Surah Nur the, the story that goes there unfortunately Allah deals with this and Allah says what's going to happen to those people who love to listen to stories and want to tell it over to others and doesn't use their brain doesn't think before they say things right May Allah grant us to recognize we were given the intellect, we were given a heart, we were given a soul, but of all, Allah has given us Iman. And you and I must choose, do you and I want to be the part of Iman, or are we Muslims who love shaitan? Sorry. But there is Muslims amongst me and you, Allah says that in the Quran. Human beings like you and me, but unfortunately for self, ohina shaitan to then destroy shaitan for sin and evil. Mahalov was bavar. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We have now come to the end of the segment being leadership in Islam and its progression. Tomorrow, inshallah, Sheikh will be continuing on that aspect. Let's make the final dua. The time has come to the end. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim wal Asr inna al insana la fi husr illa alladina amanu wa amilu salihat. وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والحمد لله رب العالمين 
Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Shukran so much to everyone who participated in the program as well as tuning in from myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. We wish you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and enjoy the rest of your day off.